Minnesota basketball fans, welcome back to the Living in Loserville podcast. He's Aaron. I'm Chris. And we're here to talk some Timberwolves basketball. Since the last time we spoke, which was last Monday, Timberwolves managed to go 3-0 and in that time frame. We talked about this 10-game run that they have against quality teams. So far, so good 4-0. and Now, obviously, you know, without Jimmy and, uh, you know, it helped with no Giannis. But um, still, you, you got to win the games they put in front of you. But Cat obviously got the Western Conference Player of the Week, went for 60 against the Spurs. That was crazy. Now they do – so we'll, we'll kind of recap some of the action from this last week, and then we'll preview the upcoming schedule. We got a game next Monday. There's actually a game that's about to tip off. I actually saw on Twitter for a second there when I was checking something, the, the starting lineup, um, that there was a, like a little leak that was hitting the Timberwolves bench. Um, so it's going to get a little delayed. Maybe it's already started by now, but just a couple of minutes, it sounds like. But um, if you look at it this Monday till next Monday, Phoenix or Dallas, Phoenix, Dallas, Boston. Huge, huge run here. Um, you know, we'll see exactly where. Chris Paul and, and, and Johnson is for Phoenix, but this is, uh, you know, you hate to say make or break, but to get the sixth spot where, by the way, the Timberwolves are now uh, residing in the sixth spot, and it looks so good on paper, doesn't it? This would be huge to come out of this even 2-2, two and two, but especially 3-1 and one or something like that, but the Dallas games are obviously very key. Um, we did get a little setback with McDaniels this week, hopefully. You know, that doesn't linger too long. A couple other items that we'll touch upon, but, um, yeah, it's just it's it's fun, man. The Wolves just keep beating teams that they're supposed to beat, and that has been an issue for quite some time. Uh, but, yeah, Cat has just been phenomenal this year, and that 60-point game was crazy. He still managed to have a little fall problems in the fourth quarter in that 60-point game. Otherwise... Shit, what was it, 56 at the end of the third? He could have went for 70. Um, but, yeah, man, he's just been phenomenal uh, on both sides of the ball as well. We do see a little trend of Ant coming back offensively. But um, before we get into this stuff, recap, predictions, and all that good stuff, um, if this is your first time listening to this year Living in Loserville podcast, welcome. It's available in a variety of ways. It streams live on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope, though, and, and download the show there and listen to the browser. You can find it under the Ropadope Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Amazon Music. We're also part of the Growing True Sports Podcast Network. We also have a page on Spricker, Living in Loserville. Um, there's also Aaron does another podcast on there that you may want to check out but living in loserville on spricker the show is available there as well one more thing if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have you're not quite happy i got something for you it's called direct tv stream the prices start as low as 69.99 a month it's the best of live tv and on demand no annual contracts no hidden fees if you upgraded the choice or ultimate package that'll give you three free months of hbo max plus you get to enjoy regional sports networks with no additional fees which obviously if you're a Timberwolf fan that helps um, and if you go to the premiere package all the way up to that, that's HBO Max and Showtime already included. That's Direct TV Stream. 
All right, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Aaron, see how he's doing. We got, we touched the 60s today, which in Minnesota in the spring's like, yes, there, there's, you know, it may sleet and snow in two days, but still, 60s. Uh, how you doing? And the Wolves just keep winning the games they're supposed to win, sir. Yeah, I'm good, and the weather is nice, and also I am... I don't know what to think about it, man. I mean, just dismantled the Lakers. We talked last week about, you know, projections of what we thought for the schedule, and you know, I thought maybe you could t- get one from the Lakers, but I didn't see that coming. And just kind of like you said, 3-0 and since we talked last, and it just seems like maybe I didn't have enough faith in the squad. I don't know what to think right now. Well, I mean, you know, the, the no Giannis thing I think really stands out. Um Davis has been out for a while, so both of us kind of thought, hmm, you know, that we fav- that favors us a little bit. We had already beat Miami. I think, yeah, the San Antonio game had tipped off already, just like tonight. No spoilers. <laughs> uh, but uh, that Milwaukee game with no Giannis was huge, um, but we still got it done. And I, I know that, you know, some folks are saying, oh, this is kind of smoke and mirrors. And sure, I mean, you can smell the smoke a little bit because, yeah, when you're beating teams without some of their best players, especially, you know, uh, Milwaukee with Giannis is their best player. We get it. But so many teams in the past, like I just said, you know, at, <laughs> for the Timberwolves anyway, um, you know, it's they've lost games like this over and over again. And uh, it's just fun. I mean, we're now, you know, over 500 for sure, no matter what happens. <laughs> Um, for just the ninth time in 33 seasons. And as we know, it's only been once since KG left um, because that one year was 40 and 42 where we were not knocking on the door, um, you know, when we thought we kind of had built a nice little nucleus only for it to fall apart. But that just shows you right there how many times KG got us over 500 with a, you know, not a, a great cast of character, characters the most time. But, uh, yeah, man, you're right. Sometimes it's kind of like it, it, even down this stretch that we're about to take on, you just kind of – not that you brace for the worst. I mean, I, I guess you do as a Minnesota sports fan in general. But it's like you don't want to believe it all the way. You know, you kind of pinch yourself like, huh, is this real? Can we go 3-1 and one? Or, or at least 2-2? Two and two? You know, that type of thing. But um, – Sure, the no Giannis thing, you know, it's funny. I kind of want to now be tested, you know, like, all right, we're in this schedule. Let's get tested. And when Giannis, you know, he had some soreness. So at that point, there is no point for the Bucks to, you know, if he's feeling a lot of soreness, shut him down for a couple of games if you need to because he's, you know, one of the best players in the, in the league in the entire world, obviously. But, uh, yeah, man, it, it's just funny to – I guess that's just in our brain. Like, well, let's not get too high and mighty. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is that way. And, you know, you don't, you want to wish for the best, but at the same time, you've been conditioned as a Timberwolves fan to kind of see, wait for the other shoe to drop. And, you know, it just doesn't seem to be dropping. Now, like you said about Giannis, like, yeah, okay. So the Bucs didn't have Giannis. That's a huge part of their team and would have definitely influenced that game. But, you know, it's a W and it's, a win that you should have without Giannis, you would think. And then the Lakers, they had their full uh, array of guys. I don't know, man, it's somebody sitting out, but they had well, without AD. Ron, they had Russell, they didn't have AD. 
So I suppose that would have influenced that a little bit. And like you said about going forward, yeah, you kind of want to get tested at this point. You don't want everybody, you know, sitting guys or have injuries coming down for a false set of confidence, not only for fans, but also the, the team. But, it, you know, we'll take the W's, don't get me wrong, but you do want to see maybe these two Dallas games will be something that you can maybe take a closer look at and as far as competitiveness goes. But like you said, we're guaranteed to be over 500 at this point. 42 and 30, I think, is the record. And this is just kind of uncharted waters for the last, I'd say, 15, 20 years, take out the Butler year. And it's good to see. And I think it's something, you know, you can really hang your hat on now just because of the young nucleus and what the future might hold. But, you know, you want to s- I mean, now do we talk about that sixth spot and holding on to it? I mean, I think you really have to. Yeah, no doubt about it. And just to wrap up Towns' week, 38 points, 12 boards, a couple of assists, shooting 55% from three, 60 from, from three, 55 from two. And the Wolves in that time frame, this is a, a Dane Moore tweet, uh, beat their opponents, outscored them 59 points when – Towns was on the floor playing 94 minutes. So it tells you a whole lot. But you're right. I mean, one thing when I looked at it, well, actually, I noticed this uh, like maybe midweek last week. I was like, I looked at the division, um, the actual division record of Denver. And that blew me away because that can be a tiebreaker. I think that's a second tiebreaker. I'm not sure. But um, they're like horrible in the division. And, and obviously, in, in, in the NBA, Divisions really don't play out besides some rivalries or something like that. But, you know, for a long time that hasn't been the case where in most other sports, uh, well, all the other team sports, pro sports anyway, that that means a lot. And uh, I just didn't realize that. So even if we tie him, you know, we, we can have an advantage there. But And we do have one more game, you know, against them. And obviously, like you said, these Dallas games, you know, become so big. But just just sense – Basically, the turn of the year, 2022, the record is 26-11. and 11. If you look at the rating uh, per 100 possessions, 119 points, that's first in the NBA. The defensive rating, 111, that's 12th in the NBA. And the net rating, 7.7, that's third in the NBA. So, I mean, and right now, efficiency-level defense, uh, they're 10th. They're fourth and 10th. And, of, of course, efficiency, you know, puts in a lot of different stuff per 100 possessions. But we do lead the league in overall just scoring points. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it does feel like this team's real. We are starting to get some national attention on some NBA podcasts I listen to here and there throughout the season. They're starting to notice as well that at least they're a good watch. You know, a lot of people are saying that on the NBA ticket, like, hey, you know, League pass, dude. Sign me up for the Timberwolves. They're just a fun bunch to watch. Uh, but I did like, you know, we're we're scrappy this year, and it's not just Pat Bev. Um, but it but it starts there first and foremost. And I and I love how now you know he, people say that's a cheap shot. He was protecting his player, and same with George Hill, who pushed you know Pat Bev right back, protecting his player who had just got pushed. Um, it was a grinded out start. I noticed the first, probably like four games in a row or something like that. The first, not the first quarter, but the first four to five minutes is kind of 
real low scoring, real ugly, kind of setting the tone. And a lot of times that's where we would falter when it comes to the tone, you know, against us. Um, and I think, you know, that ejection on, on, on Saturday, it just it lends itself to, hey, we're sick of being ran over here. If you come in this building, you're going to have to fight and strap for everything you get against this Timberwolves Exactly. I think that's what it says in a nutshell. I mean, you, like you said, you open up the games and it gets a little scrappy here and there. And a lot of times you would just, I wouldn't say you'd see a fold, but you would just see, you know, maybe not rise to the same level of competitiveness that the other team was, was offering. And now it's like, well, I don't know if it's Pat Bev or if it's, it's Edwards or combination of everybody, maybe a little extra confidence. Uh, you're getting, uh, pushback here where you probably wouldn't get it in the past. And, you know, that leads to better fourth quarter performances. That leads to, you know, a higher competitive drive, better defense. I mean, it just kind of ripples throughout the whole game. And, you know, look, you got to take technicals from time to time. This is not the nicest guy league in the world. It used to be a lot, you know, we always opine about the, the nineties and the early nineties and how rough the NBA was then. And we do kind of miss it, but you know, it's not necessarily, you know, soft at the moment. It's just a little, you know, defense, you can't touch anybody and that's a big deal. But other than that, I mean, you got to have a little bit of grit uh, to get through a season, especially when you're now coming to the top of your division or at least in a good standing and in a playoff position, you want to hold on to that. And look, it's not like people aren't trying to take that from you. So you have to defend it. And it appears that's what they're doing, uh, especially with the, the way they've been playing. And you just want to see that continue. It's a 10 games to finish out the season now. And, you know, you want to not be limping into the playoffs, whether that's the sixth or the seventh seed. Yeah, very sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the eighth is not going to happen now, but yeah. For sure, you're right. Either way, either way, you got to be going in good. Um, and I and I really do think not just Pat Bev, but, but Vando. I mean, Vando in the aggressiveness, the hustle, the physicality. Even though he's an undersized power forward, and off the bench, Prince. Obviously, McDaniel's doesn't smile a whole lot, so he is mentally there too. As far as uh, you can't push him around, even though he's skinny and whatnot, but. Prince has been, I mean, that's where it all started right there. He got boxed out kind of funky, and that's where the whole, I'm not going to call it melee, but, you know, the whole little issue started. But um, something that was really good to see in the last two games, but especially early on first quarter uh, for Ant, uh, he had, I think, 10 or 12 straight points. Uh, You know, he had this beautiful Euro step. He stepped back and had a nice bucket, like a mid-range bucket, then had a three. Uh, he was driving again, back to the mid-range, doing a little bit of everything. Like I said, 12 straight points. And then in the second quarter, Nas had 12 straight points. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of hung around there, the Bucks did, because they kept making little runs back. But they closed strong, the Timberwolves did, and they were up 68-56. And then pretty much it was a wrap. I mean, the hustle, the defense – there was a point in the third quarter where, you know, the points off turnovers were 16-2. They were up 87-67. to 67. By the fourth quarter, Ant was windmill dunking on people because um, he caught a, an, an elbow, and it kind of took him out of the play a little bit. And there was a steal, and he was all of a sudden wide open, and he gave us a nice little windmill. But speaking of Ant, who 
um, in the last month or so, maybe even longer, offensively, it's been kind of all over the place. The shooting from three has fallen drastically, and it's just good to see him in these last two games get that mojo back offensively just in time, Eric. Yeah, I mean, I think probably his time out, he maybe was able to look at the squad and see, okay, you know, I don't got to score 36 or, you know, 28 every night. I fit, got to get in where I fit in here and maybe got to take a closer look at the where that is and maybe adjust his game a little bit. There are scores on the floor. I mean, Towns is in a scoring uh, trend right now. Uh, Russell can get his when he wants to, although it's been good to see Russell be more of a facilitator than a score. But you know, if he has to turn on the scoring switch, he can do that as well. Beasley's been dropping points in. And so the the offensive firepower is there. He doesn't necessarily have to, you know, be top three scorer, although that is nice. He doesn't, you know, he could be top five scorer. He just has to get in where he fit in, make sure the offense runs efficiently, hit your open shots exactly. And I think, you know, coming back, he probably missed some shots he should have made. And it seems like those are starting to fall now. But, you know, I think he's ramping up too as well for the, for the for the postseason here and not in the sense that he's, you know, taking games off or anything like, but just the sense of getting the idea of the rotation, what he wants to do, where he wants to to stick his head out. And I think that's a good thing as a young player. Obviously he's not going to be a hundred percent accurate all the time about, you know, where he should fit any, but you know, adrenaline will get the best of him from time to time, but you want to see that and you want to see him kind of tailoring the game now to the guys around him. And this is what it all kind of comes down to. Chris is like, we always say gel in quotes, I mean, this is kind of what it, it's, it's for the marbles now and you got to kind of gel, know your role, do your role and, and be able to do that on a consistent basis. So, so it's probably looking for consistency more than anything, but it's good to see him able to take a step back. And also, you know, there's going to be nights where he's going to have to, you know, shots aren't falling for other people. He's going to have to get the shots going for himself or at least get to the rim, which he's so good at doing. I'm not worried about that. He, in the playoffs, he'll get a lot of, you know, and one situations, uh, a lot of fouls. Hopefully he'll get calls and, and that's what you're looking for. Get into the line, hit your free throws. I mean, this is kind of what I see it going into the playoffs, but I just got a feeling when he gets in there, it's going to be a whole different level. And, but you know, I'm going to hold back on that until we see it, but that's just kind of how I feel about it. And so I, I like what he's doing, but I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about his game coming back, so to speak, because I don't think it ever left. But I just want to see consistency coming down this last stretch with him. Yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the numbers, though, he had a five-point game, a five-point game, a nine-point game, a six-point game, a five-point game, you know, one for 11 from the field, one for five from three, one for six from three, 0 for six from three, 0 for five, one for six, three for nine, you know what I mean? So he had, he's been in a slump offensively. However, um, defensively, especially, you know, on Saturday, that was big. And he's going to need to step up even more uh, with McDaniels out for the time being anyway. Um, But it is nice that, you know, I think it's 25 and 27, and his three-pointers coming together, I think it was like 5 and 10. I think he hit like four in a row or something in that game, if I remember correctly. But, um, you know, uh, you go through slumps, especially shooting, that that's that's a must. And, you know, he also has to adapt to how these teams are just, like, clogging the lane on him. And another thing is his playmaking. You know, some of these games, 
that I, I just spoke of, some of those games he'll have, you know, six assists, four assists, eight assists. And the steals have been there along with just the good defense, just good, sun, you know, kind of fundamental, instinctual type uh, defense that he that he plays. And, and I did see that show up big time in his last few games. So uh, it's all a part. I mean, once again, he's not turning 21 in this season. You know, he does not. I keep telling people, no, dude, he's not going to be 21 this year as far as NBA year. He's still not going to. He doesn't turn that till August that people are like, oh, wow, yeah, I forgot about that. So um, definitely a good sign for him to get out of this little offensive funk. But, man, um, it's fun to see him do a variety of other ways. And, you know, we, <laughs> the funny thing is we talked about the fall stuff uh, from Towns last week week how you know the back-to-back games and two out of the three games once again that we won them you know we won we won four out of the five but um dude like he got problems he picked up he it was fit like i said it was 56 points which is just crazy it through three quarters he came back you know took his break i think he usually goes till about the eight minute mark matters how the game's going seven-minute mark, somewhere in there. They put him back in, just the natural rest you're going to get. Um, now, maybe in some of these games, you know, down the stretch, in some of these games in the playoffs, it won't be that way. But he got he came in and got two fairly quick falls, had to sit on the bench. And once again, the depth of this team, Aaron, that we've talked about so much, managed to, at times we've been able to tread water, at times we've been able to just, they didn't go on a, you know, 15-2 to two run or whatever for all time. But uh, even in that game, which that game was a tight game, so we needed all those 60 points. That, he could have maybe went for 70, but he found a way to somehow <laughs> – oh, Cat, I love you, man. But somehow getting foul problems. And actually, you look at that Lakers game, they were up big, 67-46 uh, to 46 at half, and he had picked up a third foul, um, six-minute mark, but when it was 49-26, they made a you know a little bit of a run there, chipped away at the lead. We had 11 turnovers. I think six of them came after he went out of the game, and had like 24 in that first half doing that game. But then he picked up an early fall and right away 12-2 run, 18-4 run, and they were down. It was down by like eight. So, um, but it was nice to see him come back, score a couple of key buckets. In fact, it was 91. 85 early, and next thing you know, 16 to 5 run Timberwolves, 105 90. They got the job done, but you know, we're not always going to be able to tread water, especially if we play these good teams here or in the playoffs. So, um, it's a nitpick, but I don't think it's out of you know, he's still he's second in the fouls now, he moved up since last game, so yeah, I, I, I still think it's there, you know, it's yeah. still like, hey, dude. Let's not make it a habit, and now it's four out of the last five games. Yeah, it's not a nitpick at all because it's a definite, like, you know, weakness, especially in postseason play. You know, he's got to stay out of foul trouble. I can't help but think that's where we need that other big, Chris. I mean, you have Vanderbilt, okay? He's something. But you got to be able to switch up guys if he gets a quick foul on him or something like that to get him away from the, you know, from the box where he's going to get fouls you know they're going to come at him for fouls and as of now the refs are obliging and allowing you know him to pick up quick fouls and like you said that just leads to big runs and some of those runs could turn out to be insurmountable like you said so 
you got to have that other guy, even if it's playing Reed next to him. I know nobody wants to do that, but you got to have some other guy in there to play uh, low post defense and, and guard the rim, unless you're willing to give up cap for a significant amount of minutes, particularly in the first half. I just don't think you're, you are willing to do that. And that seems to me to be the only real solution you can find, except for maybe, you know, limit his minutes early, take him out and then, you know, use him more in the second third and fourth quarters. I don't really know what else to do, but it is a problem and it would be, it'll something that will be attacked if, if, if allowed to continue. But you can't also tell Cat to, you know, shy away from playing defense. It's like, well, what do you do? Just let him, let him play defense, you know, tell him to be careful, but you know, they're going to come at him for charges. They're going to the rim against him. They're going to try to get him to pick up those fouls. It's pretty uh, basic basketball one-on-one and he's got to find a way out of it, or we've got to find a way to coach through it as, for example, you know, uh, getting someone else in there to, to play defense uh, in a little more intense than Cat does just to save his offensive game uh, because it's so valuable offensively that you just can't let him miss these long stretch stretches uh, during the game and especially in the beginning and, and you give up these runs. You're not going to be able to make up for that in the postseason. Yeah, and I will say the difference is, although it happened more early in the year, but that's also when we were like four and seven. So it was frustration too. I will say this though. There's been a vast improvement on his overall emotion and demeanor. And I don't mean demeanor like, Hey man, put your head down and work hard. You know, nothing like that. We, we loved KG. Did he put his head down? No, he didn't. You know what I mean? Unless he's mad at himself for doing something. But other than that, he, knew how to put all that emotion and passion into the next play and the next play and the next play. And I'll say this, Towns has made a vast improvement there. We don't always see. Still complains about something. You see the re, you know, you see the replay and you're like, dude, you grabbed his arm, man. What are you complaining about? You know? And you see that in all sports. People are competitive and all that, but you know, when you're this and also he's so aggressive to the hoop, like you said, defensively, very true, but also offensively he can be a little gangly at times. I think that's why we don't post him up as much because the double can't come as, you know, as quick. And he's been going quicker. And it's just been a nightmare um, for for offense or defenses to, to cover him because he's just going quick. And he's I've never seen him drive like this ever in his career the whole season. Um, so the amount of, all right, just, just blow it off and go to the next play is big. Because a lot of times that's when he picks up that second quick one. You're like, dude, they okay, maybe that was a bad call, but you can't go do a blatant call. Um, and then as far as nitpicky stuff, it's been a while, it's been this for a while. The turnovers on transition, especially on the bench, that needs to improve in the excess falls in general. Not just picking on Cat because McDaniels was up there, he falls a lot. That's why we couldn't keep him in the starting lineup earlier. Uh, so the fouls need to that that part of it needs to improve now. The style of defense that we run does lend itself to that. I, I get that. But once again, like you said, playoffs, giving easy buckets, uh, teams being in the bonus. We've been doing a good job of getting the bonus early, but, you know, it's coming back at us as well. Um, all right. We, we got, um, you know, we'll talk a little bit about McDaniels or whatever, but we have a four-game. One's going on right now. Three other games this week, and it doesn't really get more difficult than this. Uh, Dallas, Phoenix, Dallas, Boston. Um, are we looking at a 2-2? Are we looking at a 3-1? Are 
I mean, a 1-3, I think you have to at least put it on the table. Um, I don't see 0-4 just because I don't see us losing back-to-back home games. That is kind of nice. We play Dallas on the road right now, and then we get a home game, but we do get Phoenix at home. And we hung with them when they had their full team, too, which we know Chris Paul's not going to be there. There might be a key player who hits these goddamn corner threes that'll be out, too. We'll talk about that in a second, but... What do you think here for this, you know, we've been doing a good job of breaking down these weeks, you know, and just kind of measuring it up. Is this finally the week where we go two and two and one and three, or is it just that, you know, installed in our brain stuff where, hey, we can go three and one? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Dallas, really. I mean, I think we'll see how tonight goes. Maybe, you know, that's a, I mean, we hung up the phone last week and, you know, Towns goes for 60, so. Strange things are are afoot, but yeah, I like. I think I'm more confident than I was last week in this squad. I think I like three and one. I think you can take both these Dallas games. I know, slow down, hold the presses, but I think you can do it. Um, and there's two, and then you know, it depends on like you said, injuries, guys that might not be playing for Phoenix, or uh, you know, I think two and two is reasonable. I think three and one is it's doable, but I just don't see it. So I, I'm going to say two and two. I, I really don't think, you know, Boston, I see foul trouble for Cat there. I just do. So, you know, I think if you're going to have a letdown for Boston, they probably get beat, possibly beat Phoenix, but I, you know, I'm not 100% on that. So I'd go two and two, Chris. I think you're going to take both those Dallas games and lose the other two. And I'm looking at it right now, and as we know, it's Monday, and change with a sore knee or whatever and we don't keep track of these teams day to day to day to day so we don't know where that player is in like a Cameron Payne you know if they don't have Cameron Payne and we know Chris Paul's not going to play um then that's an issue for them now if you combine it with the Cameron Johnson who's just been smoking us in some of these games and it's a home game now all of a sudden I'm pretty confident so, yeah, I like two and two. The only reason why, like, one and three you got to have on the table, I do think, with this. Well, I think you got to have four and oh on the table, too. That's fair, too. That is fair. Good call. Um, the yeah. Phoenix being at home, and they might be, well, they're going to miss Paul, but if they got those Payne and Johnson out, I mean, we hung with them the last time we played them at their house, and then they just kind of closed this out. Um, and a lot of that, has, Chris Paul's like, all right, calm the game down. I'm going to do me, and then they won the game. Um, and I remember it was back-to-back Phoenix and then Golden State, and the games played out very similar. We hung with them, and then it was like, all right, the veteran leadership's taking over. We're, we're screwed. Uh, but you're right, four, good call. Four no's on the table. I think one and three might be on the table. But, yeah, I like two and two, and I favor three and one only because of that Phoenix, you know, potentially missing those other two players which in a home game. So, if we – I mean – Obviously, if we win in Dallas tonight, then two and two is there because I think we can win one of those three games. But like you said, three and one, four and zero, oh, that's there too. But I, I'm gonna just you know do the Minnesota way and just be like, yeah, I like two and two. I'm gonna tamper my expectations here. I like uh, I like two and two right with you. Well, you have to kind of tamper. I mean, we're just it's so new kind of to us in this season <laughs> and, and this squad is like, okay, I want to say four and zero oh because I think. It's possible, and the way they played this week, it seems like they're making a statement right now, but 
You just don't want to go ahead and say that until maybe we get through this stretch of four um, and see where that kind of lands. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that this four, and I mean, Boston is not a great offensive team. They're a good defensive team, but we're a pretty damn good offensive team. And, you know, Phoenix is Phoenix. If they're hot, then they're, you know, tough to beat. If if, if they have a, a cold night, I mean, it's, you could beat them. Uh, and Dallas, like I said, I'm not terribly impressed. Now, I will, like I said, hold my words until I see what happens tonight. But it's possible the 4 And if they do get through the stretch 4 I think it just changes the whole uh, dynamic of not only the fans, but but also the squad of, of what's possible now. You know, you, know, you want to stay even keel, but wow, how encouraging would that be to finish 4-0 through this stretch, which might be the toughest stretch we have coming up at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, on paper, it surely is. Yeah, dude, that would be nuts. I mean, you're like, six spot? Six spot who? No, we're looking for the five spot. We just beat Dallas twice, dude. And we're up, but we'd still obviously be above Denver. Now, Denver does go into their little uh, stretch of games they, quote, unquote, should win. Dallas lost back-to-back. Maybe they'll, you know, show that urgency. Uh, Denver was like down 25 in a game. They ended up coming back, but they did lose of late. So we've taken advantage of that. But yeah, dude, if they went four and one or even three and one, right? Lose that Boston or something like that. Cause they've been damn hot. They, they're probably the hottest team in the league besides us and a couple other teams. But then you got Toronto and Denver still on that 10 game thing we talked about two weeks ago. And then Houston, Washington, San Antonio, Chicago. I mean, you, you just never know what that stretch, but yeah, dude, four and oh would be just, Oh my God, that would be ridiculous, dude. And it give you some cushion so, as well, you know, in yes. your playoff, you know, seating. But I just think, you know, this tempered enthusiasm at this point is, it's getting kind of ridiculous, but let's let them finish out the season before we untemper that enthusiasm. We've been a, a not very good franchise for a very long time, and that's just not going to change overnight. So let's still temper the enthusiasm, but man, I can't wait to get rid of uh, all the tempering and just kind of be enthusiastic and, and, and confident in, in what this team can do. Right. And as long as we show up in the playoffs, that's not going to, you know, mess around too much with my mind either at the next season. Right. We could wonder if we do go to the five spot. Right. And then we lose. Okay. You know, and then maybe we get, five, you know, four to one or something like that. Be, oh, what the hell, you know. I could see people knee-jerking. Oh, see, it's the same old wolves. That is not the same old wolves. You know what I mean? That is not – I don't want to hear it. We're going to hear it on Twitter, but I don't want to hear that kind of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I, it is funny how we both are lending ourselves to three to one, and it doesn't seem weird, especially if they went at Dallas. Um, one more thing on, on, you know, unless, you know, you got but uh, McDaniel's, McDaniel's yeah. now. We actually closed the show, I think, Aaron, talking mm-hmm. about our guy, right? <laughs> and for good reason. But uh, that old high ankle sprain is kind of like a wide receiver, cornerback. Yeah, my hamstring kind of something's up with my hands. I'm not sure, but there's something up with my hamstring. Obviously, it's not that serious, more than likely. But the high ankle sprain does worry me a lot. Um, Heading into this thing, it is March 21st. The even if it's planned, doesn't start till April 12th um, or 13th, whichever night we'd have there at home. By the way, which is nice to say. Either way, um, so he's got time. He's got time. 
But it does feel like, like we've mentioned before, hey, we played four games without Ant. Hey, we did pretty good without these two guys. Hey, you know what I mean? So we're definitely a lot more equipped to win games and be super competitive regardless, even without, a t- you know, wherever you put them in the top six of our team, um, a key a key player, especially defensively. But the high angle sprain, it just got me a little worried. I can't lie over here. Uh, I feel the same way, but I am a little more optimistic. I think I, I hope that it's, uh, he's back at least for, for whatever playoff situation we get in. It's just a, such a nice, uh, piece to have the length and the scoring, the shot, the defense. Um, you want to have that, uh, available to you. So if that means you've got to sit him out for 10, I mean, then you sit him out for 10. That's just the way I feel about it. But it'd be nice to see him get back, get his legs back and get him ready to go. Uh, at least maybe coming around the last two, three games of the season or even before that, if you could. But, you know, like you said about high ankle sprains, they can be a week. They can be six months. We've seen who was the guy? Terrell Brandon. Did he always have the high? It was somebody. <laughs> Stop, you know, stop and pop. pop. And stop and pop or get him. That's where he tweaked the ankle. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I wish they would tell us what kind of high ankle sprain when they say yeah, high ankle sprain. I like they got you know, long term or short term would be a good way to, I guess, to characterize it. But yeah, I mean, it's just a valuable piece. I don't really want to put him in any kind of number ranking as far as he's just valuable, man. Whether it's mm. off the bench or a spot starter or, or anything like that, it's very valuable and he needs the experience, but. I think they'll be fine adjusting coming down the stretch, Chris. I think there's enough scores here, but you do defensively need him at the three, I think, at times, particularly uh, as a bench player. And uh, it would be valuable to have him back. So it would be nice to get him back sooner rather than later. But I think you'll get him back eventually. Just Will his legs be in shape enough if he comes back late or, or to open a playoff series? Is, is he going to be conditioning set up and, and ready to go for – for that, or do you gotta have to wait maybe two, three games within the series to get him back? Let's hope that's the worst case scenario there. Yeah, and I mean it happened a little while ago. I think it was that Lakers game, wasn't it? I don't, or was it? I can't, I can't remember if it was Saturday or Wednesday. But either way, it gives us at least three weeks, and um, so that you know, and the fact is, it's not meant. It, it, it's tweaking our rotations, no doubt, but it's not messing our starting lineup. You know what I mean? So it's not all of a sudden we're going to have some people in lineup like, oh, you know. And obviously that COVID run where we lost all our starters and uh, eight different guys, you know, we played a bunch of lineups. And obviously we started the year playing a bunch of lineups trying to figure out that starting lineup. So we've been able to mix and match now against some weaker opponents, some teams that didn't have their stars. We get that part, but we are more equipped either way. But, yeah, I mean, that's a good three weeks before we need them and that's just for the play you know. Otherwise, that would give us another four or five days after that if we could get in the fifth or sixth uh, spot. So, um, but, uh, you know, all in all, man, it's it's like I kind of want to just take this stuff in and just appreciate the season. I remember having that mentality, um, you know, a chunk of years ago with the Butler team and Butler missing those, I think, 13 games or down the stretch. You know, we moved from, like, the, the third seed all the way to having to play in. And it's funny because Denver lost that game, but that was the best thing for them if you hear their coaching staff and their players, that they all of a sudden, they came back and they got stronger. And we've seen that with Memphis now last year. They got into the playoffs off 
the plan. The year before, Phoenix made a run, made a trade, and all of a sudden they're in the finals. So, you know, it's it's we're heading in the right direction, and there really couldn't be that much disappointment because, you know, I mean, it would have to be something where, like, would I be mad if Catton got, you know, in ball problems out of three out of the six games of the series or something? Sure, we can do that stuff. But other than that, man, I'm just trying to soak it in, you know? Yeah, I mean, I just kind of looked at the remaining schedule. I got them at 48 and 34. And where would that fall as far as playoff seedings, assuming that, yeah, I guess you don't, too early to tell, but. So that's hey, six, I'm going, four what, wins? six and four coming down the stretch here. So I'm thinking, yeah, you know, to say, you know, you know, if you can, you hold on. I, I want. I guess my point is, I really want to just avoid the play in altogether. And I know that's our right. fallback. Is like, yeah, well, at least you're going to have that. But I want them, you know, in the seventh seed at least. So um, I think you can hold that with six and four coming down. So it'd be 48 and 34. I think would be your record there. I'm not sure because we're tied with them now. So what would if you know if we beat Dallas twice and beat Denver in those head-to-head games, if three out of the six wins are that, well, that would give us a better shot. You know what I mean? But losing four down the stretch of those games, I'm not sure because Denver has an easier schedule. But that's on paper. That is on paper. Um, but that would, yeah, that would be right there. I mean, it may come down to a tie with Denver, and we get the sixth spot. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm a little, I think five's a little haughty right now, and I, I think six and seven is probably where you're at. And even if we nestle into the seven, I'm happy, man, I'm happy with that, I'm really. I mean, I, I, at the beginning of the season, the play not, the play-in you know, was a decent thing, you know. Exactly. And but, to have so, two home games no matter what would be right. huge in that scenario. I mean, but now it's like you want to kind of avoid that play in it and just get yourself a series where you get the home games and you can actually take at least a four game look at, at what you got going on, or probably three, I guess, but at least a three game look at what's going on here. Because I, I mean, I don't think anybody's under the illusions that we're going to win the championship this year, but it, you know, you want, so there you need to see what you have, like we've been saying all show and, it's a different tone to the show now, Chris. I mean, we're actually probably going to have some playoff shows, which is very interesting. Yeah, dude. We don't have to do like, hey, let's spark up the memory shows. And hey, this and don't don't get us wrong. We love those. We love doing those shows. But yeah, you're right, man. It's 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 nice that they got a chance to actually maybe get in the bay, <laughs> even if they push the series, you know, uh, to, to six games or whatever. Uh, but yeah, um, on that note, We'll be back next week. Let's see how these Timberwolves do in this four-game set. Um, like you said, though, if, we, if they went 4-0 or even 3-1, oh, my God, the anticipation just keeps building. All right, we'll be back next week. Go Timberwolves. Peace.